0: When was your birthday? I'm sorry. I did not no know. No one knows. That's the great thing about it. But it was sometime uh, on the yeah. weekend. It's Halloween. Halloween. Oh, that's it's so cool. First. But no but one really knows. But it's your chosen
1: knows. birthday. It's your
2: chosen birthday, right?
3: Yeah. Someone, like, put their finger on a calendar
2: and was like, eh, there. See, yeah. this is, No one really knows when Art's birthday is, which I, and Kirsten backs me up on this, is the most magical thing. Is this? Because anything could be your birthday. No one really knows So yeah when my girl was like on Saturday Like we have to call Art for his birthday I was like no I refuse It's
0: very unlikely that today is actually his birthday As likely as any other day Wait so is this disinformation Like you have intentionally obfuscated When your actual birthday is Or you don't know No no I'm adopted I'm from an orphanage Oh so you picked Halloween
3: I didn't pick it the orphanage picked it Well
0: you know what that's wild no, oh,
3: really?
1: Wild. I thought this whole time you picked it.
3: Nah, man. Why would I pick Halloween? As yeah. As
4: well,
1: <laughs> it's like I told Elisa this whole, because like Elisa is oh, no. like, oh, it's Art's birthday today. And I was like, well, no, it's actually, he doesn't know when his birthday is because he's adopted and he's from an orphanage. And so he picked it. So that's really badass. And I was throwing you a lot of respect there because I thought <laughs> you and picked Halloween And now you
3: have less respect birthday. from Brian. I'm, I mean, not, I'm
2: not badass. <laughs> if Jenny picked Halloween, that would make sense. But like Art's not Mr. Spooky Boy over here. Yeah. But also this wow. orphanage was in a Non-Halloween celebrating country, right? Because I have to imagine if they rolled the dice and landed on Halloween, here in North America, they would have been like, let's not burden him with Halloween. Let's roll again. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's pick another date. <laughs> yeah, And yeah. they didn't count on you moving to North America where Halloween's such a thing. Because I wouldn't want my birthday on Halloween. Yeah. Halloween, though, is
3: obviously not... A big religious holiday.
2: Right. Um, they don't do it there. So I, don't, I won't celebrate it on the, the pick day, but I will celebrate it one 365th every single day. Okay. So nice. I think every week when you introduce art in the podcast, I should wish them a happy birthday just in case. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is the most useless plan I think you've ever come up with, Paul, uh, but okay. Oh, yeah. Sure. Then. The geek out podcast there's a website which will extract just the vocals from a song and it's pretty good Sean Connery has died at 90 years old
2: Michael Keaton will return as Batman
1: and we finally get to review and recommendation to Mandalorian again
4: nerdy is the new sexy let's go geek. geek out the podcast.
0: Well, that was an intro, friends. Thank yeah. you for that. Why did you do the
2: Christian Bale Batman voice for Michael Keaton? Mm. I'm Batman. <laughs> That's
3: Michael no, Keaton. that is Michael, Keaton. Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yeah, really? Michael
0: Keaton did start that. Yeah, With a those little growl. Okay, right, fine. Yeah,
3: it had to be a little bit different
0: than Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he was, like, straight-up caramel dulcet tones when he was Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Hi, Bruce Wayne. Uh, It's the Zones Geek podcast, episode (laughs) 109. We record this on Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. We will certainly not at all be distracted with what's going on on the news channel in the background. I mean, by the time you hear this... We may know, we may have some controversy. Who knows what will have been happening in a day and a half or so when this podcast actually drops for you to listen to. But right now, it's Tuesday night. And it's freaking election day in the U.S. and day, and it is crazy.
2: Yeah, welcome to the Geekout Podcast Election Day Special Live Coverage. Nope, nope. Of not. all that, we're gonna look at the map and point to Definitely it the whole not time. That. Percentages, leading colors. Too early to tell. <laughs>
3: Swing state
4: here, <laughs> oh. battleground
2: here. Yeah, Jake Tapper says shit show on
3: the TV. Hey. It's the most important election of our time. Wait until the next
0: one. <laughs> it's the last one. Uh, oh, look at using um, helvetica i'm oh, with Mr. bud yeah they love helvetica on cnn that yeah, is you got, true you got your bold face and your and your thin all in one go yeah it's good uh i'm <laughs> webmeister bud i host bud's weekly geek out wednesdays at 720 with dylan and jason in the morning zone i'm art aronson i'm a reporter here
3: at the q in the zone also master scholar student <laughs> oh my God, happy
4: birthday <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm DJ Boy Tano. I use Comic Sans for my election Go night Go
0: home. Uh, <laughs> you do not. <laughs> is this is a
4: lemonade stand. <laughs> uh,
2: um, I'm Bob Lucino and I host that afternoon. And, uh, okay, a few things here I just want to retouch upon uh, from last week. Again, thank you so much. I didn't realize that I did nine minutes on my iPhone. Uh, I do feel quite dumb, though, that I didn't get to two of the major things I wanted to even talk about. Oh, you're kidding. Well... The whole big selling point of the new iPhone is that it's a 5G phone.
0: Oh, right. I didn't even mention it. Yeah. How's the 5G coverage in Victoria, BC?
4: I haven't
2: seen it. I think that's why I didn't (laughs) mention it. Yeah.
0: Is because between
2: here and home, I'm mostly on Wi Fi. And, or otherwise, I travel a little bit uh, out of town last weekend, but I don't suspect that there's a hot G, a 5G tower up in Nanus Bay where I was visiting. So, I don't know. Do I have to go downtown? You're, are you looking right now at a like, map? I'm pretty
0: sure you have to go to Vancouver to, really? to, to start. I don't, I don't think... Uh...
2: I saw on, on a different map, it said that there was like a few towers in Victoria, but I don't believe. I have seen it.
1: Can we just go to the place where there's COVID cases and maybe there's 5G oh!
0: there? <laughs> Follow the fires, everyone. You'll get great reception. Oh,
2: jeez, that's so. So, but I, but I thought when they were announcing five G on the new iPhone, I was like, "Well, idiots hate it, so I got to get this (laughs) (laughs) phone."
4: That really did go Uh, through my
2: mind. Um, The other thing I really wanted to touch on when I reviewed my phone last week was the screen. It has now, they are saying, the most durable, most shatterproof screen on a smartphone. A ceramic type of screen, right? That's right. And that's why all I wanted to say was the words ceramic shield. Right. This is not a glass. This is not Gorilla Glass or any other glass on a smartphone. This is ceramic shield. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's such dumb marketing kind of is. But does it work? I don't I don't know. They showed a
0: close-up of little crystals forming. I think sandpaper was the only thing that was able to scratch it, in like lab tests anyways. Right. But, uh, yeah. Well, this is what I actually heard is that it, it is more shatterproof,
2: but less scratch resistant.
0: Uh, because it's softer for some reason. Sure.
2: To make it harder, it's also softer. I don't know. <laughs> so Logic. that does me a concern because I'm generally pretty careful with my phone I don't drop it and smash the screen you know like some people just walk
0: around with like a constantly sh- shattered oh, yeah. spider web screen Kills god me. that like yeah doesn't and make- you're scrolling your finger on that like how many how many bits of micro shards of glass do you have in your index finger and your thumb when aren't you're doing those that? for people
3: who don't even put a screen protector on <gasps>
2: truly right? yeah yeah, yeah. So so that, I don't deal with that. I don't do that. But I, I do, I am susceptible to, you know, the micro scratches. Yeah. Who knows? If I put it down somewhere that's accidentally scratchy, do the inside of my jeans scratch it? I don't know. Keys, whatever. So that's what I'm a little bit concerned about. But anywho, so far, so good. No scratches.
0: Great. Um, also, let me just check my other notes here, which is on my new iPad. It looks actually quite <laughs> badass. I like the case you got for it, too. Thank the you. Little, little easel case. And yeah, that is a nice form factor on that ipad thank you very much
2: it's the new ipad air they're calling this the ipad pro killer mm. because for a few hundred dollars less it's just as good almost as the ipad pro that's right too i did hear about
0: that i did hear that about the specs
2: anywho i won't go on again about it but maybe one day i will review it but i've had it for a
0: day and a half now and i'm loving it so so much yeah nice screen nice shell it's uh, looks pretty good thank you who and- knew we were in an a tech iPhone, review podcast, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, well, you you missed the nine minutes last week, man. Yeah, oh.
2: but don't you like? I mean, this is. A thing I think I hope that we bring I him, more. I, I know on, you sorry. opened
0: the door again, is, broke the seal. No, that
2: like uh, I've been loving, and because it's like Techtober, and so many companies are coming out with their new gadgets and gizmos. It's fast. I watch all kinds of videos, and then the other day I was looking and like, what's this guy rocking on an average video, just talking about his new phone millions of views oh sure so i know people are are pumped or or at least interested on tech stuff so i hope you guys also bring your tech stuff with us uh to this pod as
0: well when you get new stuff i like hearing about it yeah okay fair enough good good um (laughs) and kirsten james is not here this week she will be back uh maybe next week she actually has next week off so maybe not maybe She'll be back in two weeks, and she'll say, "And I'm Kirsten James." Do we know why she's not here? Just because I'm going to give her shit for it, because she always gives me shit when oh, I'm not here. Oh, uh, well. Yes. And if you wish to, then go ahead. Oh, if uh, you know, no, I don't know.
2: She has a standing election night date with her mother.
0: It's adorable. It's so sweet. Well, oh, every yeah, major provincial Canadian or U.S. election, they get together. She's getting. She's eating pizza right now. Yep. And they watch the results come in. Yeah. Her
3: husband just texted me that if Biden wins, he'll have Smarties ice cream. If Trump wins, he'll have
0: plain Smarties. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Okay. Okay. Thank you
0: for that, Johnny. That's um, that's the update we needed right there. Oh, by the way. Okay, um, we're not please, quite done you
2: yet. You two who are in the room, help yourself, two full size chocolate bars that I've got left over from Halloween that I brought and it needs to get out of my house. Sweet. How do you have leftovers? Did you actually spend mm. a grand on ha- chocolate bars? A thousand dollars! No, bud, you didn't. I, uh, no, but I spent clearly too much because I had dozens of candy bars, full size candy bars. Left over at my house this Halloween, the trick or treaters were not out in force. How were they out at your place, Brian? I probably had about half of what I would usually have. Yeah, that's a bummer.
1: Yeah, but uh, it, it was kind of also to be expected. Uh, so, like when we were handing out candy to kids that were that were coming by, I you know grabbed as many pieces of candy through my tongs um, <laughs> as I them. could. No, I didn't throw them. Okay. No, no, they, and they were really happy, and like all the the kids that came. But, uh, but yeah, it was definitely less.
0: The children who braved Halloween last week probably made out like bandits. I hmm. hope so. I did see a few kids
2: when I would like fire a full size Snickers down the chute, and then they would like. I saw some like take it out of their bag and just be like,
4: "Oh my gosh, what, yeah. big! like that."
2: Amazing. So, I don't know. I hope. I hope families. But here's the thing. I was gonna think too is that. I actually think as much as I'm devoted to the full sizes and like big time in and spoiling kids on Halloween who make the effort to go out and trick or treat,
0: fun size candy bars taste better. They're more delicious and they're better and they're more fun to eat. That strikes me as a psychosomatic thing. I don't think that's real. Well, well guess Reese- what I your perception
2: lipping- of your reality comes from your psychosis uh, or whatever. Okay, you're not wrong there.
0: I no. was lipping off
3: Reese's pieces the other day because I had one of their, you know, Halloween sized little Bars and it was less than the size of a quarter. <laughs> you yeah, uh-huh. know, really small these so days. So I took a picture of it and I tweeted Reese's and was like, "What the hell are we
0: doing here?
4: Guys? <laughs> <laughs> what are we oh, doing geez. here?"
0: <laughs> I got no response. No, didn't you? What? Oh, that's surprising. That's yeah. Um, wow. So,
3: yeah, I'm with you on this one, Paul. It's a big. Big, big chocolate bars.
2: So next next year, I'm just going to get a ton of fun sizes and then fire those all down the chute. You know, like every kid gets like one of each or something like that. That's the real fun of Halloween. But next size. year,
0: you're going to get the crazy turnip because everybody se- thinks of you as the house with the full-size candy bars, and then you're going to sorely disappoint them. I hope so. We spent 10 minutes on this. This week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, <laughs> I found a website called Acapella Extractor, uh, which uses an open source audio separation library called Spleter, and <laughs> deigns to remove just the vocals from songs. So I took Stevie Wonder's Superstition, Oh, oh. I took Denetius D's Tribute, and I took oh. Deutschland by Rammstein, and I <laughs> ran them all through the thing, and it did an okay job. Oh. As I told Dylan, it's like buying a pie, taking it home and trying to extract just the flour from it. Okay, Like, There's a lot that computers can do, but you're dealing with a fully mixed down stereo sound file that's compressed at least 10 times if you're doing your standard MP3 um, algorithm compression. Uh, But it's not bad. My example was if you wanted to use just the vocal track in like a remix where you built up all the other, other instruments, that might work. But otherwise, some of the vocals are like a very artifact you know, like mm. that kind of thing, and it's 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 to be expected.
1: Yeah, it really depends. Like the the use of those kind of do it yourself um, acapella extractors, and I, I I'm I've been able to do that in even an Adobe edition, which is like software that we use on a daily basis at the radio station. Uh, whenever I have like a weird mixtape request or something, and they're like, "Oh, can you mash this up with this?" I I can't really do that if um the vocal track isn't isolated or I can't do it effectively if the vocal track isn't isolated because the uh the background like the instrumentals, the drums, the uh the horn section, any any other instrument, it just causes a little bit of chaos within a mashup. So that's kind of the the cool thing about this is that if if it has Like, so what is Splitter? Splitter's, you said, an
0: open source. It's an audio separation library. library.
1: Yeah, so if it uses something or, like, some sort of artificial intelligence or some sort of, like... That's
0: exactly what it is, machine learning.
1: Yeah, and if if it uses that, it makes that easier because, like, extracting vocal tracks yourself takes a long, long time. Like, I can't just use one setting like i can't like use one like i can't like set up like my processing and like tweak it a little bit and use that for every single file because every single song is compressed differently
0: and and Um, things are getting just more compressed in modern days like ever since the loudness wars the 90s everything is just like crunched to the hilt yeah
1: but if if there is a way that it it's it's doing that then it obviously for like people like me or producers that's kind of a cool thing it like it makes the process a little bit faster because even if it does sound a bit tinny, if you're putting it over a new instrumental or something that you've like a beat that
0: you've built yourself. It the beat hides it enough. Yeah, and that you were the use case that I was thinking of when producing a remix or something for a song because yeah, like you talk about audition, they've got a great way. And I explained this at the beginning of the Geek Out, the, the whole A minus B thing, um, mm-hmm. where you remove where you remove the vocals, you remove anything along the center channel. This does the opposite of that. This acapella extractor. Um, yeah, it's it's good enough, is what I would call it. Because <laughs> what do yeah. you? I mean, yeah, I mean, that example that Brian gave
2: is. One way you would use it. Yeah. How would you use it at home just to hear what it would sound
0: like without vocals? Or without uh, instrumentation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much just to. A-
2: because that is a neat thing. When sure you, it is. When you like, when you do hear, and, and that's why like, it's been those big banger hits, like, I don't know, like under pressure where you really want to hear what it sounds like to have, you know, Freddie Mercury and, and uh, David Bowie banging off each other. And, <laughs> just. You know, yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> does this sound as insane as I think it does with music? Okay. Uh, so they've done though; those are really fascinating to hear online, and I just hope that these days, like every single music producer, is keeping all of their raw vocal tracks because
0: Dylan feels said the like, exact same thing.
2: Right? Yeah. The like the appetite for hearing what these incredible vocals sound like. I almost feel bad as much as like lead singers get all the spotlight and everything in bands that's whose name you know in bands um they almost they're they're like incredible talent sometimes can get washed out with all the music behind them yep So remember
1: uh, Song Exploder when we were like, we're talking about Song Exploder on Netflix and then Michael Stipe, you can visibly see him cringe (laughs) when uh, they're playing back the vocal stem. Yeah. He was not um, into that. From Losing My Religion. And he said something about like, it's it's interesting hearing back the vocal stem or just the vocal stem because it sounds naked. It sounds like completely unsupported. And when you're just hearing it in that sense, it, uh. It doesn't sound well it doesn't sound great to him he said
0: but here's so. the thing you know it, i think it depends on the artist it depends on the time i think a lot of these you know these days people like some vocalists are really proud of their vocal talents and i think if you can um if your vocal track solo can hold its own as a great piece of art then fantastic but Mm -hmm. back in the day of something like losing my religion probably all the instrumentation was tracked out and he was just singing to the song he was just filling in that last bit so he wasn't necessarily worrying about what this would sound like in a solo stem yeah that's true it's geeky. Go uh, to zone.fm slash geek out if you'd like to. Uh, and if you'd like to hear the example songs, too, that I put together, they, they, I, I fade them from um, proper instrumental to just acapella. Hey.
1: Honestly, I bookmarked it just now. I'm going to try this.
0: Sweet. Yeah, it's, it's um, like I say, it's OK. But again, machine learning, right? You, you get the training models and hopefully it will get better. Who knows? Got a couple things coming soon. The Midnight Sky, um space sort of movie, has George Clooney in the lead role. Uh, Felicity Jones, who is Jin Erso from Rogue One. All right. And David Oyelowo from spooks and mi5 which was a, just a bud favorite show this was a bbc show it was spooks when it was over there it was mi5 when it was over here great spy show he played danny hunter on there and he's got a, a part in this one too and yeah it's kind of uh another we're abandoned in space tense moments right. <laughs> movie that i'm not sure i could actually stomach but i was stoked to see this trailer i guess
2: until now i'm remembering well okay yeah right netflix and then what was the Cloverfield straight to Netflix, a stranded in space horror movie that came out? Do you remember that? I was so pumped for it. I watched it like as soon as it came out. And yeah, it, it was, was like the one
1: that came out right after the Super Bowl, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways.
0: What so- was the Cloverfield Connection? Exactly. Great question. Oh. <laughs> what the hell was... The, I don't know. Like, You don't mean 9 Cloverfield Lane? You, no, no, okay, no, no, no. No, no,
2: no. I don't know. Um, no. um, oh, shoot. What is this called? Yeah, you know what I mean, though, right, Brian? It's like, it was... It, it had
1: Cloverfield
0: in the name. Yes. Oh, the Cloverfield Paradox. Yes. Oh, right, right, right. I so, forgot
2: all about that. So, great premise of the Cloverfield Paradox, right? They're stranded in space. And and then there's the Cloverfield connection. So you're like, oh, something about what these jabronis in space are doing is somehow affecting the Cloverfield monsters on earth situation so that Mm. seems really neat to me and then it sucked and so the same thing with this midnight sky is like oh yeah how scary George Clooney is sending a signal into space don't come to earth it sucks now or whatever (laughs) it is
0: right like I'm sure that's what the message was
2: something like that right like oh it's 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 uh it's so bad here on earth and yeah neat premise for a trailer right do we think the movie is going to be any good?
1: Yeah, well, it it also reminds me of another Netflix uh film with Anthony Mackie called IO. Mm. And it seems like almost the exact same premise, but it's like Anthony Mackie with uh I don't know, I like I guess a a, a beautiful woman instead of George Clooney with his <laughs> daughter or something. Right. Um and it's like in order to you know, like they were one of the last people on earth and in order to be able to get off earth they have to send a radio signal or follow this radio transmission or whatever and it seemed like it seemed like exactly this it's just that they switched it from anthony mackie to george clooney
4: huh. mm.
1: didn't do well too. that i o got like 31 percent on rotten tomatoes and yeah
0: the midnight sky will be on netflix on december 23rd well paul passed us a great trailer for a movie that looks just fantastic called stardust Stardust will be theaters and (laughs) theaters and video on demand on November 25th. And it is a David Bowie biopic. Oh, right. Looks looks awful. Yes, it looks awful. Looks so bad. It looks so bad. Uh, But this
1: is the David Bowie biopic that isn't authorized. So they can't use any David Bowie music. Right.
0: Tell me you're lying. What?
1: Yeah. They, they're not, they're not going to be able to use any any David Bowie music. Oh,
0: music. wow. Why? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why even yeah. bother her?
1: Um, Maybe they'll use the vocal stems of this.
4: I always hope
2: that Brian's kids are trying to sleep while he's yeah, recording. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, what's
1: daddy doing? What's daddy Is
2: doing? he working right now? <laughs> um, you get a sign on the door. Daddy's very busy. Don't come in. Uh, <laughs> and you're screaming like David Bowie. Yeah, it looks awful. It looks so bad. Oh, I saw a great meme online that was like, uh, Can we stop for David Bowie? No, we have David Bowie at home. And then the David Bowie <laughs> at home is the, the Stardust version. Oh, no. It, he doesn't look right. Um, mm. Who? Oh, God. To know that his family
0: didn't want a movie made. Yeah. Like, yeah, crazy.
2: And and to touch what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about like why can't Mark Marin find work as an actor? Here he is in this thing, so shaved his mustache and making bad choices. Yeah. What the hell? Looks
1: rough. Yeah. Like, so, okay, I'm just like on the Wikipedia page. Bowie's estate did not approve the film and did not grant rights to use Bowie's music. So instead, Stardust has Bowie performing covers that the real David Bowie performed in this time period.
4: That oh. just sounds uh, uh, a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Crazy.
3: Poor producers, poor music money backers, everyone who backed <laughs> that movie. Right? Time to pull the plug.
2: Like, it's too late. <laughs> trying to cash in on the biopic 70s musician trend of the last few years.
1: Exactly. That's all this
2: is. That's yeah. all this is. But, like, you, you gotta, first and foremost, it's gotta be palatable or attractive to David Bowie fans, right? Yeah, yeah. And so now, any fan of David Bowie, as I think we all are, I certainly am, if, now knowing this, I'm like, I'm not gonna support this. And then if it doesn't get the initial hype and all the good reviews, which I don't think it looks like it's no, going to, no. there's no way it's going to appeal to another to a larger, more boneheaded mass audience, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, oof, rough. I feel bad. For, I feel bad for the guy because, no, he doesn't look like David Bowie. This doesn't look like a good portrayal, but... You have to imagine that any actor who gets cast as an iconic person, especially someone as iconic as David Bowie, mm-hmm. he probably spent a lot of time and energy pouring himself into that role, researching, trying to, you know, do the things that won these other guys their their awards. It's perfectly articulating and uh, trying to get the ticks and the motions right. Like. There's so much extra work that goes into playing a real person that everyone knows who,
0: what they look like. Which makes it a real shame that it Mm. turns out like this.
2: Yeah, so I kind of feel bad for this lead actor. I wish I knew his name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, what a nightmare. Something Flynn. (laughs) Well, we're not going to find that out. We're going to move on to the next thing. Uh, Terrifying, terrifying trailer that Brian uh, put forth called Songbird. This is a Michael Bay fear-mongering romantic thriller. Which will come out sometime in 2021. Which is interesting that it's set in 2022, but they talk about COVID 23. <laughs> um, guys, the WHO names it based on the year that it was discovered, which is why it's COVID 19. It was discovered in December, so okay, but can have COVID 23 <laughs> in of 2022. They oh, they can't. Yeah, no, it's oh, based wow. on time, the chronology. Like. Are you serious
2: yeah. that he did that? Yeah. Well, Michael Bay, that is the like the first thing to know. Oh
0: God. Yeah. You know? Oh my God! I found this interesting. Just being a guy that works at these two radio stations and anything combo that we do, um, I you know on my files I will just internally call it QZ or QZone uh, Apparently, the quarantine camps where the uh, infected people are taken are called Q Zones. So that's great. <laughs> Cute. That's just <laughs> weird. But yeah, it's a pandemic movie. Uh, uh, I would would any of us watch this? Did anybody watch no. that? What was it Contagion?
3: that came? What was? that that came out oh oh, yeah called
2: brian did yeah i watched it
1: in theaters when it came out and then uh uh in march i watched it again
3: (laughs) uh, is that worth watching because there's been a few times where i've wanted to
0: click play on that and i'm like "Eh, i'm not in the mood
1: you might as well might as well now just click play on it now
0: okay which which movie it's, it's definitely worth watching is was this the 2011 one the steven soderbergh it's I don't was it twenty eleven? Was it that long ago? Oh my god. Was it the Steven um, Soderbergh with uh Yeah, it's Steven Soderbergh. Oh yeah, so yeah. That's twenty eleven, believe it or not. Oh yeah. shit.
3: Yeah. I don't it's, know. Um, I don't know when movies come out anymore. Just when they come on my Netflix. Actually, yeah,
0: that's a good call. What is time? <laughs> it's even? funny
1: because like, yeah, March when it when it came out on Netflix or it was on like or Netflix in March and they uh they were even like advertising on social media and they, like all like the uh the reactions on social media are like angry face. It's like, <laughs> why would you put this out now? Sure. Kind of thing. And so I saw it, and I was like, I'm clicking play on this. <laughs> I'm gonna watch this thing.
0: <laughs> and Amazing.
1: Um, yeah, it's it's kind of well, yeah. Where it, it you can you can parallel your life to it right now. You
0: know. Yeah,
2: but who wants that? Like, even I, I certainly feel that even if they're gonna make like quirky. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore romantic comedies about like they were stuck in quarantine and opposites attract and now they're in love. Like
0: if that's (laughs) good.
2: Right? If they're gonna do that even with like the the more chill side of this all, not interested. I hate living through it. I don't want to watch it now and even, like, uh, commiserate with it. I don't want to watch it a year from now when I want to put this nightmare behind us. I don't want to watch the worst-case scenario super doom porn of Michael Bay. Yeah. Now yeah, or Yeah, Michael Bay,
1: this, this Songbird one, I almost didn't even want to watch the trailer, but then, like, I, I watch it anyway. But, like, <laughs> I, yeah, there's no way that I'm watching this. I don't think... I think this is going to, like absolutely bomb like i don't think anybody's gonna want to watch this uh the reason i was sticking up for contagion is because yeah it, it came out in 2011 it's uh it's obviously a lot more serious and poignant than than anything that michael bay would ever do but uh but yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: i'm with you paul at <laughs> least like give it a, bu- a bunch of time you know give it 50 years. You, you hear those stories about the World War II veterans in the single tier, like rolling down their face, watching Saving Private Ryan or something like that, or, you know, having to turn it off because it reminded them of the war. And Okay. At least they had 50 years to sit on their feelings about it. I know that it's, it's insane to compare – uh, you know, sitting in our house and playing video games for ten months to going off and dying in a war at the age of eighteen, yeah. but I still it 's a crummy thing we 're living through we don 't need to watch a goddamn Michael Bay movie about it next,
0: speaking of Michael Bay. Little tie. There's a couple neat little tie-ins oh, about go. Michael Bay, as we report that Sean Connery has died. His birthday was uh, just in August, I think. Paul maybe had a chirp or two about it, and now he's dead. And I don't think there's any connection to it or anything, but uh, yeah, um, rip Sean Connery, James Bond guy, actor, recently.
4: Sean
3: Connery.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Your voices.
3: Uh, he gave us the the line that like defined james bond right yeah he's the first james bond so Mm -hmm. he obviously got the first crack at it Mm -hmm. but uh bond james bond like that'll live on forever yeah right certainly um outside of james bond
2: uh do you have a favorite sean connery role well i think beyond bond everyone's gonna say the rock right See, I was going to say Indiana Jones, but...
0: Oh, right. Yeah, Junior! Yeah. I'd I, I like him in that role. Yeah. Oh, he was maybe the most likable. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. You know, I'm too goody-two-shoes. Of, yeah, and beyond he- Bond,
1: I was going to say, like, when you were saying our, what he gave us, I was going to say, well, he gave us the line, losers always complain about their best. Yeah winners go home and fuck the prom queen
0: yes. <laughs> wow right oh <so>, right <laughs> should we get that oh that's such a, that's well, we, can't, we can't we can't
1: use movie. that because he's uh obviously he was obviously a misogynist and we're <laughs> really glad that he's yeah, dead
3: so. so that's some
1: that's a whole other thing
3: <laughs> yeah that's a whole another narrative that was brought up this past weekend which people can't just die anymore we have to uh Drudge up everything that's ever happened about them. When you're as famous as Sean Connery, mm-hmm. it's understandable. Um, but
2: well, I, this is you know, big warning out to J.K. Rowling. You got you know, you've got some time hopefully before you die. Right? Yeah, make it up to come because that's yeah. what we were looking for today. We were all searching. I think Kirsten was searching around for you know, like why is why is everyone upset about Sean Connery? I chirped him on his ninetieth birthday because everyone was like his birthday (laughs) and then immediately i started seeing the things like hey just so you know here's who you're celebrating a person who uh once back way back in the day in playboy said um hitting women is totally
0: cool and then so long as you do it with an open hand
2: that's right and it an open hand that's right
0: somehow that made it better
2: and and then doubled all the way down on it said pretty much exactly what he said in that interview again to barbara walters in like the 1980s what Yeah. yeah so I was like 89 or something. So let's give him 30 years-ish to come out and be like, hey, you know, now that I'm in my 80s, I've learned a lot and uh, uh, not so much about the hitting women anymore. So Right? So that's what you've got to do, J.K. Rowling. And everybody who says horrible things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Repent. Yeah.
3: I guess it goes just to the argument. Can you separate the human being from the artwork?
2: Right. I argue that you can. But I it's a real but I don't argue it strongly. I am not 100% So I can convinced. watch
1: reruns of the Cosby
0: show. Bill Cosby oh. was the example that I was going to bring up actually.
2: it was like
1: no, you, you, like in some cases you can't. I I don't know if it depends on the thing um and Yes, Sean Connery had said these things. I don't know if there are reports of him actually like beating women, or if like he was this notorious woman abuse like like woman beater.
2: It seems
4: like
1: uh, a
2: weird uh, thing to bring up,
3: if not that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, well, well, sure. Yeah,
1: it, sure. Wasn't um, it? Well,
3: sorry, Brian, but wasn't it uh, brought up as he was asked about James Bond getting rough with women in the movies? Yeah, that's how. That's it was where it brought came up, from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: Let's. Yeah. So let's give him that benefit of the doubt. Then maybe maybe he he never raised his hand to a woman uh in his whole entire life i'd like to believe that uh you you're in two very highly publicized publications there uh, encouraging others that it's okay to do uh, maybe worse maybe worse yeah. to do that actually sorry brian you but, uh, the, but well cuz then that's the thing too is, is like
1: um even even in that uh that facebook uh, post because like I posted that he, that he died and then there's like a couple people who was like well, well he he also said this so and like so we should be dancing on his grave what were we supposed to do here then what are like are we supposed to be happy that he's dead or 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 what and like another zoner had said well okay well what about. Your racist grandparents, like if, you know, if if you have like grandparents that have ever said racist things or views that you don't agree with, are you going to be happy that they're dead?
0: Yeah. Uh, are they going to be defined by this thing that they that they did at one point in their life? And lives?
1: that's and that's the one thing that I said. Like, I I, I just responded to that one person, and it was I was like, look, if you know, if we're all judged by our worst day, where mm. would we all be, right? And and I get there's certain levels to that, like. um I don't think I'm going to be going out to watch, you know, episodes of reruns of the Cosby show now. Cause it feels ruined for me. Yeah. But yeah. So it, I think it kind of does depend on sort of the quote unquote crime.
2: Well, yeah. And you know, I think it's rough too, because exactly when you watch those old James Bond movies, which are, bon, you know, Sean Connery's best work for sure. he Yeah. He's, he's, he's hitting women all over the place and it's going to be difficult to see that. And then, You know, I used to watch those movies and and, and just go like, oh, my God, this was a normal thing to be in a movie, I guess, in the 1960s. Weird. Okay, moving on. Now I'll have this tinge of like, oh, he thought that was okay." Bond in
3: those times, in the 60s or the 70s, he represented and his James Bond, especially uh, Sean Connery's James Bond represented the
0: male masculinity. I can't even say it. Like, it's the toxic masculinity. It's yeah. a generational, systemic. Mm-hmm. You're right. It is of the time. Yeah, that's what he represented. It doesn't make it right, but that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the real
2: thing of it, though. The stakes are too high. No, you're right, Brian. Like, you should be able to state the fact an actor who was in good movies has died without it becoming a fight. But the mm-hmm. problem is the stakes are high because we we do this thing where we overly glorify and deify and idolize these flawed people who just happen to be, you know, good at memorizing lines and looking good in a bathing suit. And that's what acting is, okay? And so when so when we when we deify them to this level, you know, at the same level as the character that we love that they play, It just becomes a really tricky, muddy, murky place to live when you're trying to like, you know, uh, memorialize someone. And, you know, I think it's right. You're talking about specific Facebook posts, the ones that I saw. It's just was fighting for the sake of fighting. And uh, it's, a, it's an impossible double standard. That's a true thing as well. That no one in their whole life will pass a purity test to truly be beatified in the way that, you know, it, this the horrible celebrity culture seems to demand of us. So, except for Tom Hanks.
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: so so yeah 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 yeah. I think we can do both. I think that it's possible to do both. To say like he was a very famous actor. We liked him as James Bond. Hilarious as League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I, my main thing about him dying right now, yeah, a little overrated. I'm going to repeat what I said oh. on his 90th birthday. <laughs> little overrated. Oh. <laughs> He'll even Okay, I don't have the love for The Rock that others do. I know people love him so much in that movie. But I am just very, very glad that he was not cast as Gandalf. I'll say it again. I'm sorry to speak ill of the dead. He almost was cast as Gandalf. Can you imagine, number one, how bad it would be? And number two to rob us of Ian McKellen.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, you said that on his 90th birthday, so it's 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 your you're not okay. You are speaking only dead. But, but when it, he, he
3: says uh, Sean Connery's overrated, I'm just wondering where Sean Connery is rated. That's where I'm wondering. Yeah. Right.
1: That. Yeah. And when he when you said that on his 90th birthday, I was like, I think he's just about correctly rated. Like I I don't I don't hear about him more than I really should.
2: You know where he is overrated is – yeah, you're right because everyone kind of is like – in every obituary now even they're like, a, oh, his career really hit the skids after James Bond and didn't do anything of value until he yeah you know, hooked up with Michael Bay and blah, blah, blah. Where he's overrated, what drives me nuts is that you can't have a conversation about any other James Bond because there's those ding-dong purists who have to scream at you that Sean Connery is the best. And it's like, okay – Yes, we can't even have this conversation. Daniel Craig did a pretty good job. I would argue <laughs> a better job as playing James Bond. More enjoyable movie watching experience. No, Sean Connery was the best. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. That's what chaps me. Okay. Got two funny stories about Sean Connery. Apparently he demanded that Disney spend more effing money on The Rock, which was a Michael Bay thing. Here's the quote from the article. This boy is doing a good job, and you're living in your Disney effing ivory tower, and we need more effing money. You didn't say effing, but... And then there was this tweet from at Bronger. R.I.P. Sean Connery, a character actor friend who shall go unnamed, worked on The Rock. At one point, Michael Bay tried to direct his acting. Sean casually turned to him and said, why don't you go blow up a bridge? So, good line, good line. That was an opportunity for you to do your Sean Connery. Uh, yes, it definitely was, which is probably why I didn't do it. Okay. Uh, Michael Keaton has signed on hang to... Hang on, hang on. All these
2: stories, though. Do- so even in his old age, it's like, uh, okay,
0: is this supposed to be a
2: beloved actor who was great on set and everything? Or he it- sounds like a very crusty, mean old man. A little bit. Right? A little bit, yeah. yeah. But he's also right in this sense right here.
3: Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah Michael Bay
2: can yeah. go yeah. blow up the
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: What a, what a great <laughs> new insult! Oh, why don't you just go blow up a bridge? You can go blow up a bridge. Uh, Michael Keaton is signed to star in Batman Beyond live action series, so this is confirmed of the confirmedness. And okay, uh, Batman Beyond. Brian, did you watch that at all? But anybody here?
1: No, nope. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was on Netflix. For I don't. Is it still on Netflix?
0: It was on Netflix for just a watched. Are you talking about the Com cartoon? Stars, yeah, the cartoon. CIA. Hmm.
2: I've seen a
3: bit of it because i think this st- isn't the story li- the storyline is like james or james bond I got james bond my mind. <laughs> uh, James batman yeah james batman that um <laughs>
0: bruce is bruce bond
3: yeah bruce is all old yeah, yeah. right and he's training a new batman yeah. right yeah. that's what it is mm-hmm. so this sounds like it'd be perfect for michael keaton would it not
1: yeah, I think it it I I think it's kind of cool. Like, well, and and obviously not really surprising cuz like HBO Max is going all out on DC right now. Mm. Um so yeah, at, le- at least they got a, like a a good actor, an actor that's played Batman before, and uh they can take liberties with uh where he's been in in his career as Batman.
0: And if the plot follows and, the same, it's age appropriate, which is good. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. and that, that's what I was mm. talking about mostly with
3: with him, even though we kind of like him in the Marvel cinematic universe, right? I mean, yeah, he's, he's back of Vulture, forth here, playing both sides. Good for him.
2: Uh, my initial reaction is like not positive about this, but hearing it's HBO. Wait, about Mike, uh, about Michael Keaton, or
0: about the the live action Batman Beyond. Uh,
2: well, kind of both, okay. and, and Michael Keaton especially, because it's like. Dude, you had your time as Batman and that was so sweet. Why sully it with going to, you know, <laughs> a cameo on a TV show? But I don't know. It might be a special thing to watch. Do you guys ever see? I think it was like on um, uh, Smallville, like Christopher Reeves shows up. Oh, really? And it was after his accident and everything too. So but oh. he's, so he's playing like some scientist, like it's very Stephen Hawking style, right? Yeah. Like a scientist mm-hmm. explaining something, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, it was a special moment. I'm not watching Smallville, but I guess that's cool for fans.
1: Yeah. Well, and we've never seen a live action version of, well, uh, I guess you can say we have, but like a live action version of old Bruce Wayne. Now that was sort of supposed to be depicted by Ben Affleck and then also supposed to be depicted by Christian Bale in, in the third Batman, because it's like, oh, this is Batman when he's a little bit too old to be Batman now. Oh, But um, seeing like kind of old Bruce Wayne as as he's shown in um, like the Dark Knight Returns cartoon and mm. even Batman Beyond, I don't think we've ever seen him like old and gray haired like that. So I think like if they went that way with Michael Keaton, it could be an interesting thing that we've never really seen before in sort of, you know, Batman live action films.
2: Yeah. It kind of crosses the streams in a weird way because it it means that it takes place in like the Tim Burton verse
1: yeah right yeah.
2: and 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 yeah, and it's it's kinda so you can kind of say that's a that's a separate universe from the Joel Schumacher movies, kind yeah. of even though it was supposed to be a continuation, but really the like the vibe was so disparate that it' was like yeah um so so th- so it'll be weird though. To see that Batman back in a non-Tim Burton vibe thing, or maybe they try and recreate it.
1: Yeah, yeah, they they could try to recreate it, but like, or, may, or maybe make it a little bit more modern. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. What's interesting too is that I, I'm wondering if this is also going to connect to because he had a little, not really sort of cameo, but like a visual cameo in um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, where they go into sort of his. Batman universe and uh, you don't actually see Michael Keaton you see his picture on a newspaper right uh, on a headline reading um, Bruce like billionaire uh, Bruce Wayne marries socialite Selena Kyle right like imagine that like they've casted um, Bruce Wayne, and then maybe they cast Michelle Pfeiffer as his wife.
0: Oh, boy!
1: But I don't know if this takes place in that same kind of story line or universe or whatever.
2: That's what I mean, right? This is crossing yeah. the streams all over the map. Man, I yeah. just love to be, like, in some of these meetings that
3: Michael Keaton has about <laughs> roles that he's picking. Because he's had such a, just, just, his career has just been all over the place. Really. Yeah. And most of it really good. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best actors, I think, in you know, the history of I've been watching movies. Um, But to like now do a HBO TV show, it just, it kind of seems a little bit out of character for them here.
0: For those who are interested, the 1999 Batman Beyond Animated Series is not available to stream anywhere, but you can buy the three seasons on Apple TV, Google Play, and the Microsoft. Well, I'm going to go buy it. There you go. (laughs) You're sold. (laughs) 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 All right. So I kind of want to speed round now, because yeah. we have a lot of reviews and recommendations. Why don't you? Because I want to get to that Mandalorian, that juicy, juicy Mandalorian. Absolutely. Okay, well then, speed round! <laughs> Jordan Peele will be producing, he's not specified as directing his third movie, like, it'll be The People Under the Stairs. Uh, this is a remake from Universal, Wes Craven did the original in 1991. Great, Good. glad you're getting work, Jordan. You're Yay! Up. I liked that movie, People Under the Stairs. I gotta see it, I haven't seen it, I, uh, the trailer looked very... Quicker! So- okay, sorry! Um... <laughs> We remade Tenet for $20. Funny video that we're going to link to in the show notes. It's a bit too much backward puking, but it is made by college humor, and college dudes are basically 13 mentally, and there's nothing 13 year olds like better than body humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen makes a $100,000 donation to Janice Jones's community. She was the babysitter in Borat 2 and currently is unemployed, and her pastor set up this fund. It's uh, as 174,000 United States dollars as Monday. Very sweet. Good for him. <laughs> Love it. She was awesome. Yeah, she was fantastic. At Marvel, stuff tweets. A new still from Black Widow Has been released Has <laughs> it released the movie Or shush Ian Loves Film tweets This is literally Just a picture of Scarlett Johansson <laughs> And it is It looks like she's just Sitting on a ferry the BC ferry or Congratulations something. She got married To Colin Jost But have you seen His wedding ring It's gigantic Way too big dude Moving on Weird Al Yankovic Posts a photo Of his day player pass On Reno 911 With the hashtag Life after Quibi. Cute So I believe The next season Is in production Wherever it's going to end up Who knows Will it also be Ten minutes long I certainly hope not Weird Al also Put up all the Halloween costumes Of people dressed up Like Weird Al Again Every year he does that And it's incredible To see how many people That dude is timeless It's amazing Matthew McConaughey Wanted to play the Hulk Quote It sounds like The company quickly Turned him down Kind of rumors and hearsay Good Buffalo is the Hulk Absolutely 't think it will be bad as a whole don't you think yeah. you didn't think Edward Norton could have <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm just kidding
1: you wouldn't like me when I'm all right all right all right oh,
0: there we go Thank- Brian Good. And finally a correction Albert Broccoli Produced the James Bond Films Ian Fleming wrote them Kirsten said that uh, uh, Albert Broccoli Wrote them last year But we're not changing Any of that Because that made the Best bit of The entire last week I absolutely loved that one. It still makes me laugh
2: Well that's cute uh, Well, But I nailed Barbara Broccoli right She's the daughter yep, Of absolutely. the producer So t- put a choo choo Train for me Choo choo Don't Did make that You sound. nailed Barbara Broccoli
4: <laughs> Revi- <laughs> Here goes Barbara Broccoli How Okay, it? How was it what
0: you nailed me? Okay, oh reviews God. and recommendations. Oh <laughs> we'll get to the Mandalorian up next, but first, the ninth Brian's ninety-one second removi- movie review of oh. his house.
4: And now, a zone 91 ninety-one three seconds movie review. Five, four,
3: three, two, and
4: action.
1: When it comes to horror movies, there's often this delicate balance between a film with a good amount of scares and one that tells a really good story. A lot of times you have to sacrifice one element to get a good amount of the other. Now little did I know, when I hit play on the movie His House, I'd be getting a pretty good mix of both. His House tells the story of a refugee couple who made a harrowing escape from war-torn South Sudan and is now struggling to adjust to their new life in an English town. That's a pretty poignant enough plot as it is without throwing an evil spirit into their new home, but that's what this movie does anyway anyway. Now where this horror story finds its perfect balance is in your struggle as a viewer to believe whether the ghosts are real or a figment of both the trauma this couple faced in their escape and the torment they feel from the choices they made. Now there are a couple other things I wanted to mention before my 91 seconds is up. Firstly, the performances in this movie are incredibly strong. Sope Dirizu and Lovecraft Country's Wunmi Mosaku are incredible in their roles, and subtle nuances in their performances make the viewer strongly believe and invest in their relationship as a married couple. The second thing I wanted to talk about with this film is the sound mixing. Now I usually wouldn't bring this sort of thing up because it comes off as somewhat pretentious and makes it seem like I think I know more about sound than the film's sound mixers, but I'd honestly be remiss in failing to send my compliments to the mixer. I know this because I made the mistake of watching this movie on a tablet with headphones on. The sound mixing wasn't just about loud jump scares, there were those, but it's really the subtle noises, creaks, and moans from a haunted house experience that's the welcome addition to what could very
0: well be the year's best horror movie cut that's a wrap is it just me or does it seem like does anything halloween now on november 3rd as we record this probably the fifth as people hear this does anything halloween now just seems sort of hmm, done and not workable anymore this was like the best halloween uh, in a long time That I've had So I mean I, I agree Me too really? Right And especially for consuming media But I did it all before Halloween And now I don't know If I'm allowed to watch Anything scary I uh, know I feel that way too
2: But uh, let me just read to you I forgot to put this In my preamble everybody uh, Let me read to you The notes that uh, what my Sexmeister Bud's Girlfriend wrote to me Oh my god What are you doing On Halloween night Because I, You know oh, I was geez. showing off On Instagram My sweet candy shoot And I invited everyone To come over And get candy From my house Dude, right What are you doing And so uh, Your girl Says to me, uh, I'm am I'm, go- I'm so going to try and talk Bud into going by to my house, right? And so I sent her my address, 2419 Ford Road. Which stop <laughs> doing that on the podcast? <laughs> God,
4: sakes, dude,
2: jeez. And here's what she wrote back: I think pantslessness will win.
4: It doesn't have to be a Whoa, sex thing. Oh yeah, sure. It, what? Hey, what? Hey, hey, hey! Yeah. Coming
0: uh-huh. from the guy mm-hmm. who yeah, walks it. into his house and his pants just magically fall off. Yes, they whether did. or not he has guests, yes, don't you talk fair. to me about the word <laughs> pantslessness having to be tied to sex? Just stop it! But everyone just knows that i
2: that way, bud. Ah! It's just adorable when when it just it comes to light. <laughs> <And> <laughs> pantslessness <laughs> is what <laughs> will win the day for old sex my every time. Shush, shush, I just sh-ha, thought it was really cute. She said that. me. Did we
0: do the ninety one second movie review yet? Let's do the yeah, thing. Dude, okay, we did great, it. great, great. It sounds really scary. I kinda wanna see it. If I'm allowed to watch Halloween movies after um Halloween now. Sure. It's
1: not a Halloween movie though, it's a, it's just a horror yeah, movie. If I'm
0: allowed to watch horror movies after Halloween. Yeah, come on, Brian. There's plenty of hairs
2: there. How scary equals Halloween. I think that's me splitting hairs, but okay.
1: Well, well, for Kirsten, though, Kirsten James watches scary movies all the time. Yeah, and I've got some words for her about that later. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> wow. No, no, no. Let's have a... Uh, what do you mean? What, where, what, why would you...
2: Why? What? Kirsten, for the, like two days before Halloween, made Art and I watch Hereditary. And that's been out for a few years now, I know. So sorry to be late to the party and all that tardy to the party but i wish i was still tardy to this absolutely horrific party (laughs) because i could not sleep for two nights after that movie have you not seen it brian
1: no you know what i haven't i'm gonna watch it then
2: so brian
3: the best part of this movie for me i think it might have been like right near the beginning of the third act but all of a sudden i hear this rustling and it's Paul gets up off the couch and like has to like stretch. I'm like, Paul
2: is so nervous right
3: now. Oh my <laughs> goodness. <You need> to <laughs>
0: <up>. Nervous
2: movement. <laughs> it was that bad, hey? It was so bad. Dude. Like, you know how usually Kirsten will say that I live inside with just my yeah. shirt up to my chin? I do that in case I need to escape into my sweater. Yeah, yeah. If it's too scary. Because closing your eyes is way too slow. Oh god, process, I'm getting so. I'm getting chills right now thinking about there was oh one god, part in particular where I there's like this scene in Hereditary where you, you don't see the scary thing mm-hmm. at first because it's so subtle but then once you do see it it is so unsettling and horrible and I, it was our friend Caleb who like pointed it out and I I was like oh god and then I saw it I went into my shirt and I stayed there for a long time, <laughs> and then I poked back out like a little turtle, and it was still happening, oh. still terrifying, and I swear to God, no sleep for two straight nights. Wow. Like, gory? Huh? Like, gory? No. no.
3: that's You see, that's no. what I liked about this movie. Now, Paul, he, he was very scared, and he's obviously still thinking about it, but when I think back at Hereditary, I was enthralled. Yeah. At the end of it, I was just like, The reason why I like this movie so much was because it wasn't... The gore wasn't sure it added to it a little bit in areas, but... Uh, well, the, it wasn't gratuitous. Yeah, the th- it was a mm. thrilling. I mean, there was there was some gore, but it wasn't gratuitous, and there was just thrilling moments throughout this movie. That was I was just like, man, I want to know what happens here, and yeah. that's the type of horror movie that I enjoy. And it was psychological. Yeah. Oh, so I like that. That's yeah, weird. yeah. So I I f- highly recommend this movie. Nice. Uh, yeah. I okay. do
4: if
2: you're if you're willing to have a very very scary movie. Yeah. It like. Because it was, um, it's an Ari Aster movie, same like uh, Midsummer, and Midsummer, they're both incredibly gorgeous movies, so well put together, very well done. Midsummer probably does a better job of what it's trying to do. Like Hereditary is a movie, yes, it's a horror movie with all these supernatural elements, but it's really about like a toxic family structure and the way that that deals with death and grief and the way that kind of, and hereditary, it's interesting the name, right? The way that like generational trauma happens within families. Yeah, sure. So fascinating things to think about. We really need to make a movie about it. It's also terrifying it's also a little sloppy at points. I'll say that compared to Midsummer, which is like very, very well executed, it just doesn't mess you up for days at a time after you oh see my it. like My goodness. I've saw Midsummer in the theater I went, I like the drive home, I was like, "Wow, I, this movie is really with me." But I went to sleep then when I got home. Oh. I crawled in, I was by myself in Vancouver staying at my dad's place, crawled into bed, went to sleep. Right. Her, uh, this hereditary movie, again, oh. two days, and then I almost didn't participate in some of our fun Halloween stuff we were doing. Holy <laughs> lightning, dude! Yeah, because we were gonna have like a little sow and pagan ritual at my house, and. One of the things that got takes it through to us before that was like, and it came through while we were watching the movie too, Scarily. Uh-huh. And I looked at it the next day, and it was like, uh, think of a loved one who's passed that you want to call upon on this special oh, day. No, and I was like, no, oh, I'm no. out. Frig that, oh, horrific. There's dude. demons. This is off. Yeah. But, and, I, and, and I think it was because it was hereditary. Anyways, the ritual was nice. And Paul, and, well, <laughs> you,
3: you can attest to this, but watching it in that setting with some friends, that's the best way to watch it. Yeah. Really, yeah. it yeah. was. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot scarier if I was at home by myself, just in my own head. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I could at least chirp it at a few points where it needed to get chirped totally. like a tension breaker. Yeah, okay. exactly. Good to so, know. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it, and I do not, do not like horror movies. I don't. Yeah.
2: So I enjoyed it. I told Kirsten a thousand times. I'm glad of all the horror movies she could have picked. She picked the most beautiful one. Like it's it is a great movie. It's just terrifying. Wow. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. The uh, I was just know. watching
1: the trailer on mute, and it uh, it looks pretty. It does look pretty terrifying. <laughs> Even yeah. just the trailer.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's nuts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, and I liked, I like. It was the psychological stuff that really is this happening? Is it not happening? That yeah. stuff is very scary.
0: Fantastic. Well, let's keep on the scary stuff. Let's talk about the witches.
1: Who watched? This? Oh, that's the one. That's the one that I watched.
0: Yes, yes. Tell us yes. about it, please. Um.
1: Well, have you seen the uh, the witches from? from I, I don't remember what year it was, like nineteen ninety 1990 or nineteen ninety three. Angelica
2: Both? Houston is the main witch oh yeah. this has been this has been in
0: media before I only know the roll doll book yeah oh yeah Angelica Houston yeah. like it's on iconic oh my god Angelica Houston would have crushed that yeah yeah so
1: this is yeah this is based on the roll doll book the uh, Angelica Houston did uh, was was the main witch in uh, the movie in the 90s um, and this one the Angelica Houston role or the main witch role is played by Anne Hathaway right Um... And I don't know if it, like I have to rewatch like it's it's actually kind of made me think like I think I gotta rewatch the Angelica Houston one because I do believe they might have changed a couple things with the ending in that one in the mm-hmm. '90s one, and this one seems like more maybe a little bit more true to the book. But I hadn't read this role doll book, um, but uh, yeah, it's funny because I, I it was gearing up towards like Halloween weekend. My kids wanted to watch a movie, and I was like. I uh, we can watch the witches if you want. Like, do, do you guys want to try that one? I remember watching this. one. It's I was based a kid on a
0: rolled doll book. <laughs> well, well, it's funny because like this
1: uh, during the pandemic, we were reading at home. Like, I was reading with my kids, James and the Giant Peach, and then we ended up watching James and the Giant Peach on um, on Disney Plus. Uh, and so I was like, oh, it's you know, it's the same the same guy. And then I was like, I just don't know if it's going to be too scary for you guys. So. I pulled up the trailer and <laughs> right there, the trailer goes and Anne Hathaway kind of like, it even shows in the trailer, Anne Hathaway turning into the witch. And the way they, they <laughs> illustrate like, like the scariness of the witch isn't like her taking off a mask and like she's full of like boils and, and she's all deformed and stuff. It's actually like, cause, even when you see her not as the witch, you see, you know, like those Joker, those Joker, what is it they call it? Like the, the, the Joker cuts along the, 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 yeah, those scars yeah. along the thing. So you see that on her when she's not in witch
0: form. Yeah, that's disturbing.
1: But when she's in witch form, yeah, her mouth opens up that wide, like it opens up to the to like even past the scars and you see more teeth and stuff. And so I was showing them the trailer and then after that trailer they're like, no, we don't <laughs> want
4: to watch this. <laughs>
1: so I ended up just watching it myself with uh with Elisa. And um it was it was okay. I I, I much prefer the Angelica Houston one. I oh
2: guess. really?
1: But with this one, they actually like so that um the narrator is Chris Rock. Uh, oh. and Octavia Spencer is the uh the grandmother. And um she plays a phenomenal version of this grandmother. And they even use like I guess cause like the uh in the original or the Angelica Houston version, they're British. Uh and this one they're from like um the southern United States, I think like Alabama or something and uh they use like a lot of motown in the soundtrack and stuff and the grandmother's like really cool um so i really liked Oct- what octavia spencer brought to it but i think i'm leaning towards liking the 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 90s
0: version a little bit better um well and also slightly less traumatizing <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe a little less trauma. Well, I think I was still a little bit traumatized from the '90s version. Like, <laughs> sure, with, with Angelica Houston, like she was a pretty scary witch. And then also that scene where that kid Bruno turns into the the rat in front of everybody. That was also pretty traumatizing
2: as well. Oh yeah. So I I kind of like when there's movies like that though, and like Hocus Pocus. We all were like, oh, after Hereditary especially, we're like, let's uh, let's give us something that's Halloween, but it's cute and nice for kids and whatever. You should have watched Practical Magic if you want
0: cute, not Hocus Pocus, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Hocus Pocus, like this one, like movies like The Witches and there's Hocus Pocus and stuff, like they're for kids, but there are things in there that are scary. Ernest Scared Stupid.
3: Oh, I was scared with Hocus Pocus when I was a kid. Right? Hocus Pocus has some
0: intense moments.
2: Yeah, and the, the troll in Ernest Scared Stupid is terrifying as well for kids.
0: All right, two more great movies though. Two more spooky things. Um, Big shout out to you, Brian, for your two sentence horror stories. I thought that collection. I'll we'll link to that in the in the show notes. Oh, thank you. Uh, what I was
1: wondering, is like why is this in the reviews and recommendations? Well,
0: because I hadn't had a chance to listen to it until I'm putting the Q sheet together. I'm like, no, we got to talk about this. Uh, nice. Very simple concept. Two sentence horror stories. You know, I think what well, we stole it or something, whatever. It's not really. Um, but well acted <laughs> by all of us, uh, you guys, and uh, you, uh, Brian, and Tess, and Jenny. Yeah, just great and tells a whole story in, in two sentences. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and finally, great. Paul, did you finish 13 Days of Halloween? No. Okay. No, I never went back to it. Did you? How, how did it turn out? You know what I. Wish- I'm not going to tell you how it turned out because it's very plot driven how it turned out. That's, oh, really? That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Oh. Um, but I'll wait till You know, if, if you finish, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and start. But uh, it is funny that
1: you brought up 13 Days of Hollywood because that's sort of where I got like. When you guys were talking about that I actually went and listened to it and that's how I kinda got inspired to like, okay, well, let's let's take some of these two sentence horror stories yes. like Jenny were talking about last week and turn it into a thirteen days of Halloween esque production. Brilliant. You Brilliant. Know, where you like you're playing with the, you know, the spatiality or whatever, um, panning and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that's kinda where I got that inspiration is from you guys when you're talking about it.
3: Sweet. Uh, I'm watching two things right now. The Boys, finally. I finished the first season of that. I'm into the second season. Oh, you watched more than the first episode of the first season? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, I agree with you guys. Homelander is, he's magnetic. He's the the person to watch. He's the most flawed character. Unpredictable. Uh, He's a little bit nosh makes me a little bit nauseous with his fascination with milk um, yeah so that's
0: a bit much
2: i think effective though
3: that's yeah, effective. yeah it yeah. is effective carl urban's character i don't like right? at all yeah. yeah there's not a lot of growth uh, where
1: where are you at in that right now with it i would uh, say
3: or? i'm like two two episodes into the second season and paul did you finish the second season no that's kind of where i'm stuck as well it's like, oh, okay. yeah, and, and maybe that is because of Carl Urban's character. I'm just like, why does he need, he doesn't really need to be a part of this anymore at this point. And That's, it's
0: funny, you, get, you guys may not have gotten to it, but they try. They try at one point to really yeah. humanize him and give him, right. it didn't work. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not, not to me, anyways.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, they, they, like there is a little bit of growth there throughout throughout the season, and I think I guess especially know around the the final episodes of the second season. But like, yeah, you're right. Like I I I kind of when watching it, I went back to what Paul was saying about like anytime they went to the boys, mm-hmm. I was always like, well, can we get back to this the superheroes? Because yes. yeah. like, that's what I'm very interested. Exactly. in Exactly.
2: Yeah. Do, do you think I could do that? Like, just skip ahead. <laughs> Just like sk- get back me to Homelander and get back me to Star Twinkles and that's who I want to see. Yeah,
1: yeah. But you know what? Like whenever they went to the boys, uh, the one that I was always the most intrigued by was is the silent Asian <laughs> super, the female. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um,
0: There's a little bit of development there, not much.
1: Well, yeah, she's got that sort of mysterious background because you can't really. You don't really know what she's saying or like you you have to kind of interpret what what she's feeling or what she's thinking just through her actions yeah
0: paul i can't um, recommend skipping through the boys sections just because you might miss there there's a slow build through right. the season that i think you need to see once it reaches its climax and
2: i know that they're connected like even it's billy bush whatever is what's his name butcher billy butcher, bush? Billy butcher. Yeah. and um Homeland are connected yeah. in a powerful way. So. I,
3: but uh, as for the show itself, it's 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 a neat commentary on commodification of superheroes and oh, just so flipping much about that. yeah just mm-hmm. flipping flipping the whole genre on its head Eric Kripke and now his comments really make sense when
1: yeah they totally do right
3: after watching that i didn't watch his show at that point so i didn't know exactly what he was talking oh, about there right, right. sure sure right. sure yeah uh, his comments about how you know superheroes uh, the marvel cinematic universe kind of adding to um you know the political state of the united states right now and uh, the pop you know populist culture and stuff um so that's that's interesting enough but yes i wish maybe they executed the boys a little bit better and this is like a comic book right which i didn't read so Mm -hmm. yeah um, also, I'm watching uh, The Queen's Gambit um, oh. About three episodes into it How I like is that? It. I'm curious Yeah, it's kind of like if Mad Men were about mad women right. Meets uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer <laughs> uh, Yeah, so it, it's um, I like it, it's well produced I think the main uh, actress is very good and she for sure is running this show right now and it's uh yeah, it's keeping me going. I wanna watch I I don't know, I think there's nine episodes in this in in, in this mini series, so it's it's quite
0: long. I like it. Seven. There's uh, seven. Oh seven. Yeah.
2: Just I heard just nothing but amazing things about this show. And uh interesting we're learning a lot about art today, but uh, art played chess as a child, right? Very competitively?
3: Uh I played I made it to the provincials, and I finished fourth in one provincial. Hey,
2: that's something. That's phenomenal, dude. That's great. great. Still got the trophy up in his house. Holy.
3: (laughs) I won a couple of tournaments
2: locally. Crofton. (laughs) Shout out to Crofton. Wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So it also makes sense that you like the chess show. Um, I just really quickly want to say that... uh, to really tie it into geek stuff here, has anyone watched Robert Downey Jr.'s episode of the Letterman uh, interview show?
1: No. Oh, no. And I, I just watched Dave Chappelle's just because Chappelle's uh, hosting uh, SNL this weekend.
2: Right. So you know what? I wish I would have saved Chappelle for last because his the the conversation that he has with Letterman is like one of the most fascinating and insightful looks at the world and America and culture, all that, that I maybe have ever heard between these two Titans, David Letterman and Dave Chappelle, like Chappelle just comes with this wisdom that I, you know, you know, that's there, you know, when you're watching his comedy, that it's there, that only someone kind of with that much going on, uh, can, can do jokes as well as he can. But then to see them just like sit down one-on-one and chat like that, wasn't it phenomenal, Brian?
1: Very, very. Yeah. Yeah. And to see it happen on his stage and in his hometown and, and stuff too. Is yeah. Really good.
2: And and the kind of the, the stuff that he talks about in terms of community and all the rest of it was great. So, you know, compare that to the Robert Downey Jr. one, which I thought was eh, pretty good. Okay. He's led an interesting life too, but pretty fluffy. Our Iron yeah.
0: Man. Um, my next guest needs no introduction with yes. David Letterman yes. is the name of the show and it's on uh, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, okay, let us finally get to The Mandalorian. Cue the music. We're back. Season two, episode one, The Marshall. And nice little recap at the beginning there if you don't uh, if you remember what happened. But yeah, we're all now hooked hooked again on Disney Plus until after the renewal portion and uh, probably stuck for another year unless we change it to go to month to month, which is think Still a Western <laughs> in space. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's neat. Yep. Oh,
2: super right? neat. Yeah, yeah. Came in swinging hot. Like, if they thought, or if you thought going into this thing that they're going to change direction or do something, it's like, no, 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 nope. no. no. no right back to Tatooine
0: or right back to the Western. um Shall we, do we spoiler anything?
2: I think we
1: should just go straight into spoilers. I don't know if, like, because if, if people are just going to, they're going to make their minds. They've made up their minds as to whether or not they're going to watch this.
2: Yeah. Well, um, maybe just before we do the spoilers, let's just. All say how very wonderful, right? Very wonderful. yeah,
0: Yes, indeed. Very A wonderful.
2: great episode, and all I've seen all over the internet is how this is Star Wars now. That Forget yes. the last three yes. movies, <laughs> right? And uh, Pedro Pascal carries the weight of all Star Wars on his back, and... This is what people want from Star Wars clearly was more Boba Fett action figures in
0: the sandbox. Yeah. Okay. And it, it, it carries the mood, as you said, Art. It continues to be a western in space and it just and it it, it it it's consistent from the last season, which is kind of the most reassuring thing. Yes, we're only one episode in, but I, I enjoyed the formula of last mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I, I love that right away, for me, I was transported to a galaxy far, far away. Oh. Hey, uh, it, 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 uh. I, I really felt that, and mm-hmm. it, 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 it says a lot to the production value of this show. Yeah, it right? does. And I think I saw that right away in this, in this first episode for this new season. Okay, yeah. spoilers.
4: Spoiler right here! Spoilers!
0: Thank you. Okay, good. The the moment that he agreed to help the village, I'm like, okay, this is the same guy, it's the same thing. We're following the same formula. I'm okay with this. Right. He's good at heart. Um goes on an adventure. Because every week. why would you not just shoot the guy? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: and also, what is the one actor that is most tied to westerns? Right now,
2: Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, Yeah, Timothy Oliphant. Right.
3: Yeah, and that's for me right away. I was like, wow, this makes a whole
2: lot of sense. Fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he was great for sure. Um, And it it really is formulaic, but it's—I guess it's because it's been a year. I didn't notice because it's exactly the formula that we did. Eight times last year yep. Which is He goes to a place He meets a guest star <laughs> yep, yep. He helps a small town Out of a jam and trouble And a monster happens yep. That's all just a bunch of Star Wars member berries And <laughs> then he rides off Into I was the gonna, sunset I
0: was going to start with Paul, do you remember Gamorrean guards? <laughs> yeah, right?
2: <laughs> oh my god But it's all in service of uh, How wonderful It's a, it's fun to watch Uh So so
3: getting into the nitty gritty here. Please. Are you guys cool with the way Boba Fett's armor was introduced here, right? What do you mean the way it was introduced? Well, like that Timothy Olfant was wearing that armor. Oh, sure, sure, right? yeah. And how there was like
0: a backstory,
3: how we got it. and We I got was, to see it in action a couple times, which is yes,
2: kind of cool. Yes, yeah. yes. And if, the, do you remember how it did the same thing as it did from Return of the Jedi? He like smacks it on the back and then he makes yeah, it go yes, flying up. yeah, yeah.
1: Well yeah, we go. It seemed like that was kind of poking fun at cuz like that's that's how Boba Fett died is that a blind Han accidentally bumps <laughs> him back and then it malfunctions and shoots him off and it was, so uh, that part was funny cuz it was like yeah, it's obviously making fun of that that scene.
3: Yeah. No lightsabers in this first episode, no Force Paul either. Paul was rolling his so, eyes real hard two, for a second two there. Two things. I mean, there was lots of remember berries, as yeah. Paul's <laughs> talking about, but two things that Filoni and the new Star Wars really like to throw out there yeah, are the lightsabers true. and the Force, which not really part of this show so far right well yeah. they're, they're, they're using it. it
2: sparingly yeah they've yeah. learned those that lesson from the prequels and from everything else yeah you gotta use them sparingly from them to have impact because we saw it one time a single lightsaber thing in the last season and everyone was meowing so much about how they loved it so now, i
3: really yeah. wish kirsten was here to talk about this because she is a star wars nerd but she can tell me if this and maybe brian you remember this or um what are they called? Sand dragons? Is that what that is? What the, the greater crate dragon? The crate crate, dragon? crate, dragon, crate yeah. dragon. Yeah. Okay. All right. Was that referenced in A New Hope?
2: Yeah. Yes. There's like a there's a skeleton,
0: a skeleton. of one
2: on the on the ground at some point. Yeah. When they're searching around for the droids, and then that one stormtrooper goes, "Man, we ain't found shit." It's in the background yeah, that, of that.
0: That's right. That's what he said. I
2: remember
4: that line.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's from Spaceballs, by the I know it. And then yeah, the uh, the crate dragon in this one had. Um, well, eating a Sarlacc and taking its pit and is living in there. I knew know you could do that. The bar- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know until this moment either. See, for the non-Star
3: Wars nerd like me, that kind of just goes over my head, but I saw somebody tweeting about that later, and I was like, oh, yeah, right. Member Berries. Yeah, Member Berries. Yeah. So not without it
0: really hitting you over the head with it, right? Yeah. Amy Sedaris was back in her uh, her <laughs> guest role.
2: Oh, uh, and as soon as she came on screen, too, I was like, oh, great. We're going to get to hear Christian's impression of Amy Sedaris. You know what? <laughs> yes, I'm going to text her right now and be like, send me a voice note of your impression of Amy Sedaris on Mandalorian. Beautiful. I'll insert
0: it in here now.
4: Oh, no. Is that the baby?
0: Did we all recognize the voice of um Gore Koresh, the um, Cyclops? um dealer. Like, yeah. Bookie guy. Don Leguizamo. No. Yes. John Leguizamo. I think his voice is pitched down, but that's, uh, that's who that was.
1: There was, um, I think it was, I only recognized him when he was upside down.
0: Yes. Thank you. That was, that was it for me too. I wouldn't have been able to tell you who he was, but yeah, just the vocal cracks and everything, the inflections when, when he got flipped upside down, that was, uh, that's, that good opening. It's good opening.
1: Um, in, so in the Amy Sedaris scene and speaking of member berries, did everybody recognize the R5 unit?
0: oh
2: yeah no you'd say it
1: yeah as the one with like the because he had a burn mark on uh on oh, the head
0: you're kidding and me that's
1: yeah so that's Funny. the one that like and that burn mark is is where like that thing popped out of his head when um luke and uncle owen were going to get droids right. such a member Barry. So that's the one that went up to to luke and it busted and luke's like ah, oh, this one's got a busted motivator yeah kind of thing yeah um Member berries.
0: See, my, my member berries were the pit droids, which I always thought were the greatest, sweetest, mindless most mindless little thing from episode one. I quite like the I quite liked the pit droids.
3: Um, a couple other things I really liked about this episode one. I laughed when the was talking about how they were all excited about the second Death Star exploding. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, that was, that was, a was great. The, sort yeah.
0: of throwaway off the yeah. top.
4: Yeah, that was pretty good. Um,
3: I also loved the whole plot to 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 kill the crate dragon yeah. or whatever. Right, yeah, this is cool. Like it made sense, um, and I also like the the moment where they're both flying in the air. I'm like, this is exciting. That stuff. was
0: really cool. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah, it's just it's very like it's wire work, but it looks natural for the way you would be fired from a jetpack. And and yeah, they're both up there. It's just like okay, that's pretty cool. Because I think like you a look- trained Mandalorian yeah. and this guy who just found the armor. Yeah, because
3: I think you look back in Star Wars history and the way the Mandalorians fly with those jetpacks It always looks a little like. They're, like, on a string, sure, and it looks sure. weird, but
0: that looked cool. It was great, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, also really enjoyed the, the, the score, again. Like, yeah. it just was, throughout the entire episode, I was like, I love this
0: score. It's great music. Yeah, great music all the way through. Um, really humanized the thing that gave me nightmares from episode four, A New oh, Hope, and the Tuscan Raiders. like Oh, really? They always freaked the hell out of me. And it was really neat to see them from another angle. A- and a big plot point, you know, like making partnerships and, you know, to actually hear more of their talking and the dialogue. Kirsten passed along a great article that they hired a deaf actor named Troy Kotsur, Kuts- uh, or Kotsur, um... Who has been a Star Wars fan since he was eight? He watched he watched A New Hope twenty eight times. <laughs> it got to the point where his parents would drop him off and go grocery shopping while he was at the theater. And uh, a hearing person on the set, they were talking about how the Tuscan Raiders would speak in a sort of sign language. He's like, mm-hmm. "Well, let us get an actual deaf person to consult on this." And this guy's worked in movies for a while, and so yeah, he it's it's not ASL. Like he, the goal was to avoid ASL. Right. He developed. Tuscan Sign Language after studying the Sand People's culture and environment. Wow. And okay, so you won't be able to see this. I will link to an interview from the Daily Moth. Moths congregate around light. Uh, and this is kind of also the way that uh, the deaf people congregate to talk. And the oh, way they sign off their show is stay with the light, which is a neat. It's, it's very cute. I learned a lot. Today. I like that. So uh, the, the, the ASL for uh, the letter M is if you put your thumb in between your third and your fourth finger. Um, mm-hmm. So what they did to make a custom Mandalorian sign uh, is the, the thumb is there, but the first, the first three fingers are extended. And it swipes uh, left to right and then down for the the sort of T-shape of the Mandalorian mask and how they see it. This kind of sign customization is done all the time. Uh, Way back when I was part of a percussion ensemble, had a deaf member, they made a sign for me. Uh, The sign for B is kind of like a four, Uh and so they would do that, and they would make this sort of swoop in a U because it's a smile, it's a happy face. So this was a sign for Bud. And I thought that was really cute. That's very cute. Yeah, it's me. That's very, very cute. So I learned a lot today. And, I, I, and again, just not being terrified of Tuscan Raiders was a nice thing for me, because <laughs> they always have given me the Ghiblies. Wow. That's- so they are cool
1: memberberry things with the Tuscan Raiders as well. Um, when they're heading into the town, obviously, they're, they're traveling in single file, which is what right. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, um, Obi-Wan had said that to Luke. Um And then the other thing about it, which was i i i didn't pick this up myself, and I just I ended up rewatching it uh because of uh what this guy was saying, is that the sound that the crate dragon makes has this like when it, especially when it first comes out of the cave, it makes this kind of sonic wave sound. Um, if you go back in A New Hope when Obi Wan was scaring off those Tusken Raiders, right. not in the DVD, but I think, I guess it's in the original VHS, the sound that um, Obi Wan makes is this like sonic sound, om- like very similar to the crate Dragon. Incredible. So it's as if like he's making the sound of a crate Dragon to scare off the Tusken Raiders.
2: Yeah, right. Apparently,
1: George Lucas in the DVD changed it to this weird fucking scream oh yeah that did not sound
0: good
4: yeah <laughs> suddenly
0: goes, sir uh um sir alec guinness is like
4: <laughs> yeah <laughs> so
0: i don't think that's uh and then he works. like ends it off with a
2: mcclunky it's <laughs> a mcclunky <yeah. laughs> uh, uh, a couple of uh other just real quick uh fun easter eggs i thought uh from this episode apparently when they're watching the death star explode there's um <laughs> The, the it's crawl, like a news the, crawl that is yeah. around it. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> and so if you were to pause it and then tra- – this sounds like something you would do, Brian, actually, is like you can translate the Star Wars language into English. It's like a pretty yeah. easy thing to do, I guess, if you're a good code breaker. And it translates to –
1: Little does Luke know that the Galactic Empire has secretly begun construction on a new armored space station, even more powerful than the first dreaded Death Star. <laughs>
0: Holy crap, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. We'll just lifted
2: from the crawl of Return of the Jedi, right? Which is, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Okay, cute. Oh, cute that's enough. great. Uh, yeah,
1: I thought that was cute.
2: The other neat thing is... Uh it was pretty quick at the end, but you could tell it was important for some reason or another. But uh, at the, did you notice at the end when the Tuscan Raiders are like, oh, we get to keep the corpse of the dragon, right? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. then they, they're digging around in the blood and the guts and everything. And then one of them lifts up that giant bowling the, ball. The pearl, pearl. Yeah. yeah. The pearl of the Kray Dragon, according to like Star Wars legends and all that, is a very valuable thing. Apparently, it can make even stronger lightsaber blades than kyber crystals. Dang. Okay, that's, but that's like that's not one canon. of its many
0: uses, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, exactly. I don't know if that, that that's a canon thing or what, but it seemed like they were pretty stoked to find it. And who knows if that will come back? Because it seemed like one of those little moments where like no one says anything, and they're not like laying it out for you. And no, explaining they're not it. spoon
0: feeding it. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that.
2: Maybe that'll defeat the dark saber though. Ex- well, exactly. Right? Maybe oh, son of the gun. something right. comes into play there, and they've set
0: it up and left you that little. It would be such script. a Mandalorian thing for yeah. him to come back toward the end of this season and and bargain with the the sand people to get a bit of that pearl to make a stronger uh, thing for the dark uh, lightsaber to defeat the dark saber. If I had one critique for this first episode Baby Yoda, again,
3: yeah. was just, like, dressing. Like, she's just there. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Did
3: absolutely yeah. nothing except look cute. It yeah. was, make I mean, cute sounds, look cute,
2: yeah. And, yeah. by the way, my, like, first thought I saw is, like, they have got to make some eyebrows for this Muppet because it is not expressive enough. It doesn't, d- d- its face doesn't do anything. Frank Oz, a master, used to be able to scrunch his hand in a way yeah. that Yoda had expressions on his Muppet face, this Baby Yoda doesn't have
0: that. No, but I think the fact that it is still able to convey a certain amount of emotion mm. absent of eyebrows is a good mark mm. or a mark of a good um, you know, puppeteer or, or CG animator. Because it does still have so, and that's the thing. Babies don't have much in the way of developed eyebrows, and they're still pretty, still pretty expressive. That's what I yeah, mean. Like, like the a, only
1: time you can really, really tell and read it on his face is when he's going fast on a speeder bike. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's like, oh, he's having yeah, fun. yeah, that was very cute. But yeah, I want more expression out of Baby Yoda. We've seen the memes of him just looking dead-eyed. Okay, cute. We get it. I'll buy a mug. But I want some more off of that. And then, I think we're we're burying the biggest. Uh, Easter egg of all, is the last thing that happens in the show. Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett. Oh yeah, yeah right, right, right. That was Boba Fett shows up at the end. Yeah, Boba Fett
1: still is are. it though? <laughs>
0: Which I guess is cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's what the, you've been dreading this entire series, Paul. I it's, know. you don't think it's cool. I,
2: well, I don't.
0: <laughs> but what if it? What
1: if it isn't? Like, what if they like next episode? They're like. Oh, that wasn't Boba Fett. That was just another clone.
2: Do you think they would do that amount of tease, though? That would be pretty mean.
3: I don't know. Please, can they look into that right away? Like, let's get to that. Let's
2: get to that conclusion
3: right away. No, of away. course,
0: they're not going to do that. They will <sighs> no, they're not going to do that. at least
2: one episode, <laughs> if not three. If not the entire season. Yeah. Like, no, it's just so. T- uh, yeah, I don't know. I, the only way that I wasn't like screaming and, and and being upset about this is, again, like the show is so enjoyable to watch that. You know, I thought that my eyeballs would be rolling out of my head when I just saw the armor, the Boba Fett armor. I, you know, my whole thing is you don't need to go back and visit this character over and over again. You have a better version of this character in The Mandalorian, and Jin and whatever his name is. Just focus on that. Don't muddy the waters with all this Boba Fett crap. Leave him dead at the bottom of a Sarlacc pit. But again, when it's Timothy Oliphant and it doesn't fit him well and then they get a bargain and then the whole episode is so goddamn enjoyable to watch.
3: Well, how about, how like, about him right. being able to take his helmet off and then there's Timothy Oliphant with his like perfect hair out of a, <laughs> a helmet and poor Pedro Pascal who's been fighting. It's well documented that he wants to have more scenes where he doesn't have... More face time. Yeah, yeah more FaceTime. time. So do you th- guys think that maybe they should give us the audience more scenes where maybe pedro pascal is with the child in their mm. quiet moments where mm. he takes off his helmet right oh he would definitely
2: his helmet off in front of the baby yoda yeah it
3: seems
0: like a compromise i would say mm, see it's see, like i would love that i'm sure lots of fans would love that but i mean the way they've built it so far it seems to go against the code this is not the way yeah so yeah don't forget we'll
1: yeah, that. It's just, I liked I liked uh, Cobb Vance entrance because like you 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 know exactly that it's just um, that it's just Boba Fett's armor because it doesn't fit him. Like the head is so high. Oh, like, yeah. the, off the neck kind of in the shoulders. Yeah,
0: that is I, really I, I like that really well designed bad design. Like that uh, is yeah. so yeah. There's such intention behind that. And the
3: helmet goes off, and the King of Westerns comes <laughs> out, Timothy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. So yeah. So they, used uh tim Ware morrison that's that's the guy's name that right. um he's Django fett but like obviously i guess boba fett in this um a one one person was theorizing that because like he uh, when you actually see him from behind you actually see that he's got uh the rifle of a tuscan raider Right? Which like would make
0: sense, in it's it's in keeping with the location. So,
1: True. was he with the Tuscan Raiders the whole time, just wearing a mask? You think? Oh. like,
0: oh crikey, frick! Of course.
1: So there's this scene with the Tuscan Raiders, like they're they're all around the fire, and um, uh, Timmy Thielfont doesn't want to drink their stanky ass water and right. and stuff. And when they're all conversing, there's one. Tuscan Raider that's sort of staring out into the distance and being kind of antisocial. Yes. Um th- I'm I'm wondering, do you think that was him the whole time?
0: I do know. That would yes, that would be a great plot twist. Oof, good analysis. Yeah, it, so it'll oh god. All right, let's wrap this up. Ludwig Gorenson. <laughs> uh <laughs> Ludwig Goranson did the music. He does, he, he, he scores the, the episodes and he's also the guy that did the music for Tenet. Oh. Um, which is really oh, weird okay because him. I got on this weird Tenet YouTube rabbit hole with the, we remade Tenet for 20 bucks. They, they, somebody YouTube together the opening scene from The Dark Knight with Livy Gordonson's music okay. from the opening scene of Tenet and it worked weirdly well. Wow, because yeah, that right. opening scene of The Dark Knight is scored very well in itself. Yeah, right? so it's a very strange disparate. And okay, now I'll put that in the show notes too, I guess. It's good, It's good, it's good,
2: it's good. Alright, so Kirsten gave me a thumbs up emoji back. She will send me I, w- I wish awesome. her, she would have sent it and I could have played it over my phone there for you now but, uh, well, <laughs> she's on it. Awesome. Right,
3: should we yeah. just do a bit of an update on the from our election, yeah, program. I am sure. concerned. <laughs> oh, but like, here. nobody's gonna be listening to this during. Well, like, again, yeah, everybody's
1: gonna know what's happened yeah. by the time. Just it so goes you know, out.
0: our stress though. Like, we're we've been recording this pod fairly distracted because. Oh my god! Yeah. At, as of
3: eight ten p.m. on this Tuesday, November third, it is not
2: looking good for the Democrats and Joe Biden here. He's leading right now, one ninety two to one hundred eight, but. It's looking Michigan and Pennsylvania, which are like pretty must wins for Biden are looking like Trump's way ahead. Right. Yeah.
3: (sighs) I have all my sports books updates. And right now, if you go and you want to bet right now on Biden or Trump on who's going to win outright, you'll win way more, way, way more money if you bet. Uh, on Biden, so that and, terrifies
0: me. That means, that means they think
2: Trump is yeah, going
3: to win. That means right? everybody. They they've already called it. Sportsbooks have already called Trump. So.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. Florida another like absolute must win, and I'm not. I don't know. It, it leans red on the screen right now. I don't know. I do. Oh God! Right? But remember, last election it was blue, 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 red. Yeah, Yeah, right? it's like wow. the uh, M Night Shyamalan twist. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh,
3: but as if it stands right now, as of eight ten, it it's not looking good, guys. And, and again, it-
0: there's so much that could happen in the next number of days. And mail in bounds come in. I'm hoping and praying, but we'll. I we just we just don't know. It's too early to call. <sighs> no, I if I were to call it.
3: Don't say that. Don't, yeah, don't
4: say that. Don't
0: do that because yeah, you're gonna be. We're not gonna edit
2: this out. You're gonna be listening to
3: yourself. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I mean, a you days can later. throw egg in my
2: face, but I hope we do. But it's yeah. We're just capturing a moment in time. We record this on Tuesday night, and we're it's
3: freaking really out. A terrible moment yeah, in time. I'm, yeah, I. Uh, I'm very scared to the world that I'm going to wake
0: up to tomorrow. Yeah, me too. Kirsten James may or may not be here next week because she is, uh, again, uh, on vacation next week. So, But, you know, find her at uh, kirsten.james for now, if you want. At Art Aronson, probably tweeting out the
3: end of this. <laughs> <laughs> Horror show of an election it looks like.
4: At Paul Bisino, of
2: course what side yeah.
4: you're on. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hello to
2: all our Trump supporter listeners. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. I uh, <laughs> want to pledge allegiance to our ant overlords. Oh God. I should cover all our bases. Yeah. You can find me at Paul Bisino on Twitter, where I don't think I've tweeted a political thing since 2016. When on the day before that election, I said, "Boy, I can't wait to never hear about Donald Trump again." Oh no, dude. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Wow, there's that He's learned to hedge his bets No more tweets
1: Uh, And I'm Kirsten James (laughs) Find me on social media Or something
0: yeah. Okay, fine. If that's going to be your extra, that's cool. Fair enough. I'm Webmeister, Button on all socials, this has been the Geek Out Podcast, episode 109. Thanks for listening.
4: Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit the slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.